Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Marty's Miss America podcast, not the Marty's Miss America podcast. We're actually on site at Augusta National Golf Club at the Masters. Travis's first time here. Uh, I need like, – you guys should see his face. It's like this guy woke up on Christmas morning when he was seven years old to some new – well, you're too young. I was going to say some new G.I. Joes or some Matchbox cars, I played with both of those. Did those even exist yes, I played when with you both were a kid? Uh, give me your impression. You You have been on the grounds at Augusta National as we speak for roughly four hours. Thoughts? Uh I went to Death Valley this past year, Alabama LSU. Yep. I've seen Ohio State Michigan in person four or five times. It ain't this. No, it ain't this. This place is, it's truly, it's like, uh, I just interviewed Niall Horan, the former One Direction star who's now had a wildly successful solo career and is a wonderful person. Just a wonderful guy about what the Masters experience is, is like. Uh, interviewing him on the four please now driving official masters podcast. I still cannot believe that they chose me of all people to host this thing. Uh, I am humbled beyond belief. That's crazy, but I love what he said. He's, it's Disneyland for golf. I mean, it is Disney world for golfers and you haven't even gone out on the course yet. You're going to, your appreciation for what you've seen so far is going to explode to plateaus and peaks you cannot yet fathom. But what's crazy is, so Magnolia Lane, which is the famed lane that the players only can drive down, but the golf course is right off the main road, so you drive right past it, and you can just get a glimpse of the Masters, and it's amazing. But the best part was, when I was coming here, I was trying to get instructions on where to go. So I call a person ESPN on where to meet, and she gives me one, she tells me two things, go to gate one, and the other instruction, do not turn down gate three. That would be Magnolia Lane, for those of you who may not have been to That's Augusta for the National. players only. It leads straight to the clubhouse. So it's wonderful for Travis and I to be here. Next week, we will get Travis's full download from his first Masters experience. In fact, that might just be the pod next week. Travis and I might just talk our Masters experience But before we get to that and the rest of the week here at Augusta National, I had a tremendous conversation with Patrick Dempsey. Uh, I know, ladies, you are thrilled to hear that. What an interesting person. He has had a wonderful acting career. We all know that. Uh, Certainly everyone knows him as McDreamy on Grey's Anatomy. And we get into that just a little bit. They weren't too thrilled with us going down that road with him. They wanted to talk much more about this brand new documentary film that he executive produced called Hurley, which I will tell you, I watched it. It is phenomenal. It is so well done. There are many layers to this movie that make it phenomenal. He and his peers did a great job producing it, directing it, putting it together, editing it in a wonderful way. And you will learn about Hurley Haywood, one of the greatest sports car race car drivers of all time, who has a tremendous resume and won everything there is to win. And I implore you guys to search it out, find it, and view it. It's very well done. And we get into why he has such a passion for auto racing. He's participated in the 24 hours of Daytona himself. He's a sports car racer and, in fact, basically gave up his acting career in order to chase it. That's the that's the crazy thing is we all love a lot of things, but we have our career. He gave up an acting career and a rather successful acting career More than that rather. too to go try something that was a passion. It's a passion, but also a danger. Like racing's not easy. 
and you like you think, oh, I can drive fast. I I do it on the highway. I can do that. All they do is they turn left. I, I can. No, this is this is a dangerous sport that he decided. You know what? That's what I want to do. That's my passion. That's what my family loves. Dangerous, athletic. You know, we could get into that debate, and that's a debate for another time. Whether race car drivers are athletes, my answer is yes. Uh, in the vast majority of cases, but that's a whole other debate. So I can't wait for you guys to hear this conversation with Patrick Dempsey. It was very unique. Um, as I tell him right when we get started, uh, Laney doesn't necessarily care. She appreciates that we interview all these awesome people on the Marty Smith's America podcast in my television life on and on, but she doesn't really care that much. Has she at least subscribed to it on her phone? I don't know. I'll have to ask. Patrick Dempsey, she's all in. And uh, he, he actually said, you know, thank you so much and thank her so much. But before we get to my interview with Patrick, let's talk about ZipRecruiter, Travis. How about ZipRecruiter? Did you know hiring used to be hard? Very, very hard. It did. It was hard for a time, but not anymore. Multiple job sites, stacks of resumes, confusing review processes. But today, hiring is easy. All you have to do is go to one place to get it done. ZipRecruiter.com slash Marty. Travis, ZipRecruiter sends your job to over a hundred of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invites them to apply for your job. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you never have to miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site in the first day, Travis. The first day! That's pretty efficient. Very efficient. Right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free. For free! At this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash Marty. That is ZipRecruiter.com slash M-A-R-T-Y. ZipRecruiter.com slash Marty. ZipRecruiter, Travis, the smartest way to hire. Now here's my awesome conversation with McDreamy, Patrick Dempsey. It's a tremendous pleasure to welcome to the Marty Smith's America podcast actor Patrick Dempsey, whom the world knows as Derek Shepard from Grey's Anatomy. And if you go back as far as I do, Ronald Miller from Can't Buy Me Love. What some of you may not know is that Patrick is also a very serious and accomplished race car driver, and we'll discuss all of those things over the next 20 or 25 minutes. Brother, thank you so much for your time today. I want you to know I interview a lot of people. My wife, Lainey, rarely cares about maybe 10% of them. You, sir, are a one percenter, so that is very distinguished company. Well, tremendous honor. Thank you very much for that. (laughs) We'll start today with Hurley. A new movie which you executive produced about legendary sports car racer Hurley Haywood. Uh, Patrick, I just finished the movie no less than 10 minutes ago. It's so well done. There are so many layers to this film. Why was this project important to you? I've been working with Hurley for a number of years. He's always been a great coach to me, a good friend. You know, he's had an incredible career as a driver and certainly – you know, running his team at Brumo. So for me, it was a natural progression. And, and Derek Dodge, the director, I had brought over to Le Mans in 2014 to do some social media shooting for me. And he he approached me at that time going, you know, I'd love to do a story on Hurley. It's a remarkable career and, and a great story that not a lot of people know about. Do you think he would be open to that? And would you, you know, do the introductions for me? And I said, absolutely. Um, you know, if, if Hurley is open to doing it, I'll be there and I'll support you both. 
Uh, Derek Dodge, by the way, is also from uh, from Maine. Um, so, you know, that's a hometown kid doing well. So I had to support him without question anyway. And then um, Hurley came on board and was really open to the idea of doing a documentary. And that's when it began. So it's been a five year uh, five year project, actually. It's taken us five, five years to complete. Years. Wow. Yes. Patience is a virtue. That's a long road, brother. What what will so again as as I watched the film, I was taken by all the layers, and what will viewers learn about him? I think they'll learn a lot about him as a driver, uh, the impact he's had on the sport, his achievements, uh, what he's had to overcome in order to do that, as well as his relationship with Peter uh, Gregg, his racing partner. Um, and the uh, the mental aspect of the sport in, in many ways, and also Peter's struggle as well, uh, uh, and um, his storyline. And then uh, our storyline of uh, when I got an opportunity to race with Brumos in 2015 at Daytona, we had a good result there, and his involvement in the team and his sort of uh, mentoring the team uh, along the way. What do you hope the viewers of this film take with them from those lessons in the film? I think I hope they're moved by the story. Number one, I hope they come away with a better understanding of endurance racing and what that's about and why so many people love it, why it's so challenging, and to expose more people to the sport and also to get a real understanding of uh, Hurley's his life and what his journey has been like and also, too, of that time and place in motorsport, what it was like and what the dynamics were of that time. You noted that he's been a great mentor to you as a competitor, so I must presume that his excellence inspired your racing passion in several ways. How did your passion for racing develop? I've always loved racing since I was a kid. My father um, was originally from Maryland in that area. He was a short track owner. He had a short track car. And he did that. And he was part of that generation where they were running some moonshine as well, which was really quite fascinating. I didn't find out until much later after his passing through his friends. But he always loved motorsport from the very beginning. The Indy 500, which is you know about to come up here pretty soon, was a big thing in our in our family. Uh, we would always you know that whole month of of May was very important. We'd watch it and keep the times. And my father was very passionate about it. And it wasn't until many years later that I finally got involved in motorsport where my wife was tired of me sitting on the couch on Sunday, watching (laughs) the formula one races, NASCAR races, whatever was on. She's like, why don't you go and do this? I got a skip barber when skip barber was uh, in business to do their three day competition course. And that's how it kind of started. And then I really got deep into it when I went to the Panos races school in Georgia, did that school and then their series and then got into the continental challenge, which is now, you know, sort of their entry-level road racing, and then went into the Rolex Series and moved up and then eventually got to Le Mans. That's how it all started. And then with Hurley, he was just really great as a mentor and and teaching me the mental aspects of the sport, how important it is. And certainly in endurance racing, you know, if you're racing a 24-hour race, patience is really very important that the race can come to you. If you have any kind of issues early if you're consistent, you stay calm, and um, you work through those issues, you have a good shot at, you know, getting back, getting on the podium. And, then, you know, all those things, uh, you know, and just who he is as a person. He's very gracious, very humble, and uh, very forthcoming with his knowledge, which is really nice to see. For folks who've never participated in any form of racing at all, much less a 24-hour or 12-hour endurance race, what else in life could you compare that to? that might give them a a sense of what that's like? 
that's a tough one. I think, uh, you know, certainly Le Mans is one of the greatest sporting events in the world. It's it's very much, if you're a race car driver, it's like, you know, that's the, the pinnacle. That's what you shoot for is to do well there and to be able to compete there. I guess as a mountain climber, it'd be climbing Everest, right? It's a team effort and you have, you know, it's it's very mentally challenging and physically challenging. And at the same time, there is a mindfulness to the sport where everything outside the car becomes meaningless when you're in the car and you're just focusing on that corner or that straight or that, that moment in time. And uh, it can be when everything is working well, transcendent. I think I just heard you say a moment ago that you learned after your father passed that he ran shine. If that is accurate, yeah, what that's right. what did his that's buddies right. tell you? I need these stories, man. <laughs> it was funny because he had a bar in in in, in Maryland in, in that area, and I think that was just what they were doing back then. You know, they're getting the cars set up um, to run, and um, you know that's what he was doing as a young man um, down in that area. I wish I had. I wish he was around so I could find out a little bit more about that part of his uh, his life. He he died very early on for me. I was about 19 at the time, uh, and I would have liked to have... I think he would have been very excited about my racing career and would have been nice to have had him around at that time. But uh, I would have liked to have learned more about that period in his life. What do you think he'd think about your career overall? You've done so much and accomplished so much. Yeah, I think he would be proud. I hope he would be, you know. Um, I think he would have been very excited about the racing. The acting, he was always a bit suspicious of, but was happy. I, I, you know, was just starting my career at that time. And it was funny, oddly enough, my mother never watched the show. She was always much more excited about the racing. So my family's really hardcore racing and sports uh, most of the time. In the movie, you note that to be elite as a racer, you must sacrifice to get to certain levels of excellence. What have you given up? in order to race at the high level? You give up a lot of time with your kids growing up and you see, you know, the teams that are there and the mechanics and certainly in NASCAR who in the Formula One people who are the teams and, uh, you know, the mechanics are always on the road. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a commitment. So you give up those times and you give up, uh, you know, your weekend certainly. And, uh, you know, in order to be competitive, you have to really sacrifice. And we talk about this a little bit in the movie of, of the real sacrifice the families go through when you're on the road uh, to get to these races. And uh, it's certainly that. And then for me, it was an opportunity, my final year grades, where I had an opportunity to race with Porsche uh, with a really good team, good engineers, good co-drivers to, to race in the WEC, which is the world endurance championship. And it was, I knew at, at my age uh, that this was my shot to be able to go after that dream, and uh, for me, it was uh, an easy decision to let go of the show and be able to focus on that and achieve my goals. And for me, it was the best thing I ever did. It really was. And now, I, you know, I, I achieved the goals that I set out to to achieve. And after that, it was like, okay, let me step back. Let me spend time with my family and, and focus on them now. What made that an easy decision? For, for outsiders who don't live in your head or in your home or in your life, it seemed like a very dramatic decision. Why was that? Why was that so easy for you? Well, I'd been on the show for 11 years. I had gone as far as I could creatively. Uh, the storylines were starting to be repetitive for me, so there was no sense of discovery. And I think for an actor, it's all about the discovery, you know, in many ways. And life is about discovery. And it felt like, okay, this is a good time to depart. Um, I had one year left on my contract, and I, was, I knew I would have been done at that point anyway. And I had a new path in front of me, that a new challenge that I wanted to to go after. Um, 
And I knew I had this window of time and it was worth sacrificing whatever I needed to for that period in order to achieve those goals. Because once you do that, you're able to go back into your other responsibilities in a much more present way where you have no regrets, where you're not chasing anything. You know what? I've done that. You're absolutely right. You're not chasing anything. No, you, you, you're, you calm down in the sense where you've slayed your dragon, if you will, and you're able to come back and share your knowledge with your family and with your children, and then you support them in what it is that they're passionate about, and hopefully they can discover what it is that they're passionate about. And you at that point, as a, as a father or as a, as a wife or as a mother, if, if you go off and do stuff like that, you come back and you're much more present for your children, I think, which is important. Who are you in a race car versus a set or at home with your family? Well, it's funny. I feel most at home at a racetrack and around my fellow drivers. You know, I really do. Uh, Not that I don't feel that way um, in front of the camera, but it's a completely different sensation. There's something about sport and, you know, it's very clear. Either you win or you lose and you've given it 100% effort. And at the end of the day, you can look in the mirror and go, okay, there's, there's no... There's no lying to yourself. Either you're fast in the car or you're not. And um, acting is, is subjective in so many ways. Um, it's, it doesn't give you the, uh, the satisfying experience as, as, a, as a motor car uh, and, and racing. And, and when you're home with the family, I think it, it's when everybody is together and you're having a good time and really enjoying yourself uh, and you're laughing, I think that, that in itself has its own feeling that's hard to put into words. You can't really compare the two. I had a dear friend, and you may have met him. I don't know. It was the the great broadcaster for Fox Sports for so many years, Steve Burns, who passed away from cancer a few years back. And Mm -hmm. the first time that he beat cancer, he uh, said to me, the thing that he learned the most was to be present. And as driven fathers, it was imperative that he was present for his son, Bryson and present for his wife and family. And I just, that that was such a stark comment for me as I make my way around the world and through the world of sport all the time. So I wonder what's that challenge like for you? You, you noted that as a race car driver, it's difficult for you, but what's the challenge like for you to be present? Remember to be in the present, not living in the past not being sort of tormented by things that you had done in the past that you wish you hadn't done or worried about things that are upcoming because the only thing you control is being present and being in that moment and, and allowing that to take you to the next moment. And I think it's the simplest thing and the hardest thing for us uh, to remember in life. And, um, you know, I think within racing, you're, you're, you're just reacting. Um, and in many ways, that's how we should approach life. Um, and certainly when confronted with a cancer diagnosis, you, you, you realize that more than ever, I think. What role do you think defines your career most as an actor? Well, you mentioned it at the beginning of the show. I think at the start of my career, a movie called Can't Buy Me Love, uh, Ronald Miller, for certainly our generation, uh, a lot of people, you know, really identified with that character. Uh, and then certainly worldwide at the moment, you know, Grey's Anatomy and Derek Shepard has certainly brought a great deal of attention to, to my career and to me personally. Um, and then, you know, now that's, it's the new chapter and, and trying to find other characters and other projects that are 
and stimulating. And I enjoy producing. We have done, you know, with Shifting Gears, which is my production company, you know, Hurley, the documentary, and then finally Art of Racing in the Rain, based on the novel, novel by Garth Stein, is is completed. Milo Ventimiglia, who stars in that, and who's in this show that's doing quite well on NBC, called This Is Us, stars in it. And that was 10 years in development and then finally was made, and that comes out September 27th. So doing that, um, and, you know, we talked about, you know, cancer, and I, there's a what is called the Dempsey Centers in, in, in Maine, in the town I grew up in, Lewis and Auburn, and also in South Portland now, where we don't treat the disease, we treat the person. Um, and we treat family members and caregivers and children through um, either mindfulness techniques or yoga or nutrition counseling, um, acupuncture, and things like that, uh, complementary care that goes hand in hand. And that's really been my focus the last few years is really expanding that program um, and really feel that it should go hand in hand as soon as you're diagnosed. Something like the Dempsey Center uh, should happen side by side with your treatment and that journey. So it sounds like as you look down the line of your life, uh, philanthropy, kindness, and championing auto racing, the intricacies, the nuances of the sport seem to be filling your goal sheet. What's that goal sheet look like? Yeah, right now I think it's really um, finding new material that is going to challenge me as an actor and certainly finding material that inspires me as a producer uh, and doing things. I think it's important with success, you should give back. You need to give back. And philanthropic work and everything that we're doing at the center I think is far more fulfilling than anything I've done in my life. Working with a group of people whose clear objective is not about themselves, but about how they can make someone else's life better. That is what life is about at the end of the day. Uh, Altruism, kindness, and and giving back is really where the meaning of life is that I found for me, certainly, and for everyone. What's a dream role for you? Gosh, you know, uh, that's a great question. I mean, there's so many different types of projects that are out there. I think a role that is surprising to people, you know, that is entertaining and they didn't quite expect that with the right director. You know, I think you take away from the racing, the team aspect of that, and that very much applies to film. Um, You have to have the right piece of material, which would be the equivalent to the right car. Uh, And then you have to have the right engineer, which is like a director, and then the right crew around you. And, you know, if I could get the level of the experience that I've had in, in the car in front of the camera, that would be something that would be a dream come true for me. One more thing here, brother, and I'll get you out of here. It intrigues me. You know, you were discussing how the roles had become, or the, excuse me, the scripts had become repetitive and whatnot on Grey's Anatomy. But I will tell you that the job that you and Ellen Pompeo and all of your colleagues on that show did as actors is just so remarkable. It's timeless. It's a copyright. It's forever. It's emotional, uh, emotional, and it's relatable on a human level to so many, including in my own home. So I can't help but wonder, what do people say to you about the importance of that run, of that show in their well, lives? I, right, and it, it can, and you have to say, it's also continuing on and doing very well. And I think there was an episode right. you know, last week that was very important to... Um, so as long as they focus on those storylines that make an impact, I think that's very important and it continues to grow as, as a show. But the thing that I, I find to be the most important and, and the one that I take away from is now I'm running into people that have gone through med school um, to become doctors because of the show. And, and that in itself is a huge success. 
and the real power of television has been able to get young people who get caught up in the storylines, the drama of the story, and certainly the melodrama of that, but at the same time take away something where it changes their life and propels them down a career path of getting into the medical profession. And I think that's the, the most positive takeaway from the entire experience. How did that role, it had to have changed your life, Patrick. How, how did that role impact your oh, life as a human being? Oh, Oh, as a human being, it's, it's, you know, it came in later in my life. I had a lot of struggle up until then. I was just a working actor, and I was very happy to have that, very grateful for that. And then it, it, it catapults you into stardom around the world. Uh, and with that, it gives you a lot of opportunity, uh, and, uh, and it becomes quite lucrative. So it changed my life profoundly. Um, it allowed me to have the platform to open up the Dempsey Centers in, in, in my hometown, which was needed. And it gives me a nice quality of life, allowed me to go racing, and allowed me a lot of opportunities in my career to try other things. So I will be forever grateful for the profound impact it's had um, for good in my life. Well, I will say that everyone listening, you guys should make sure that you see the movie Hurley that Patrick Executive produced. It is thoughtful, tremendous. There's great lessons within it. And great vulnerability, which in this world is hard to come by and wonderful to see and be immersed in. You did a tremendous job, you and your colleagues, on that film. Thank you. We're all proud of it. We did a, we're very happy with it. And I think you're right. I think, it, you know, vulnerability is actually a sign of strength. It's not a sign of weakness. And sometimes with uh, the world that we're in right now, that's forgotten. And stories like this and certainly the strength of, of Hurley and his compassion, his grace, uh, is something for all of us to learn from. Really appreciate your time, sir. Thank you so much. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Have a great day then. Really cool to get the opportunity to chat with someone of Patrick Dempsey's amazing pedigree. He's had such a lengthy career, and I found it so cool. First of all, I'm a racer. I love auto racing. You guys know I covered NASCAR exclusively for well more than half my career. Some of my best friends were or are NASCAR drivers at this point, whether that's Dale Jr., Jimmy Johnson, all of those guys I'm super close with. And so I know the inner workings of that sport. I know what it takes to be great, and I know that passion that Dempsey is discussing. So for him to see that passion within Hurley Haywood and be led to tell Hurley's story the way that he's told Hurley's story again, we couldn't get into detail because the movie is so good it told me a lot about Haywood I didn't know. I knew the guy was a great driver. I knew that he had won all of these amazing races. I didn't know all of the layers to the backstory. And you have to go find this movie and watch it. Well, think about Dempsey said it took a couple of years to even get to this process. It wasn't like this was just, let's go put this together and boom, it's a movie. And he said it took years and years. It's like a passion project. It is. And there's a couple things when it comes to passion projects. First of all, it's commitment and money. When you guys watch this movie and you see the footage and you see all of the places that they go, it definitely was not a cheap production. They did a great job cinematically. It's beautiful. And I love racing movies. On that note, one of my favorite movies of all time is Senna. If you guys have not seen Senna, the movie about Ayrton Senna, if you guys have not seen Senna, the documentary film about arguably the greatest driver that ever breathed. 
you must go see that too. Another thing that I found so cool that Dempsey said there, again, I will reiterate, we found out into the interview process, we were into the interview before it was broached with us that they really didn't want us to get into Grey's Anatomy. Lainey made a good point when I told her that, that they probably just didn't want the whole interview to be, hey, man, you coming back? Would Lainey have let you, like, in the house, had you not at least gotten one question out about Dr. Derek Shepard? We have a bench out back uh, near the lake where we live. I probably would have been sleeping on that for at least a couple of days. Yeah, she probably would have been very upset with you. So smart that we got a couple of questions in there. And also interesting questions and an interesting answer. How about my how about my methodology? What role most defined you? Sly. That was pretty good. But I did find it so cool about the impact of that role and the and I mean it. I was not that was not lip service for him when I said, How has that show and the emotional acting and the great storylines that people they live in our living rooms and i know because laney and her sisters are such passionate fans of that show how does that affect you and when he said people have become doctors people have studied medicine because of that role what a legacy that's the same thing as we're sitting here with the masters people are golfing because of tiger woods that's the same thing except for people really became is. doctors they went they spent years almost a decade worth of medical school because of an actor in a tv show it truly is. And I appreciate Patrick's time and his insight both on auto racing, which was one, is one of my passions, and his acting career, which is one of Laney's. And so it's a happy home at the Smith residence. You know what I should do? I should send Patrick Dempsey McDreamy some flowers, Travis. And it wouldn't be hard to do because spring is finally here. And you know what that means? It means the first tulips of spring from 1-800-Flowers.com are in gorgeous seasonal bloom. The first tulips, I love tulips, they were my mom, Joy Smith, they were mama's favorite flower, and every spring in the flower bed in front of our home, she would plant red and yellow tulips, and I remember how beautiful they were. When I see tulips, I think of mama. So 1-800-Flowers.com right now has the first tulips of spring. These vibrant tulips come in a variety of dazzling colors and are arriving just in time to bring in the new season. Whether you're celebrating a spring birthday, anniversary, or just because, maybe you want to send McDreamy some flowers because he gave you 20 minutes of his very busy life. That's a good because. That's a good reason. Yeah. Brighten her day, or his, with beautiful tulips from 1-800-Flowers. And right now, 1-800-Flowers is giving my listeners an exclusive 30 for 30 offer. 30 assorted tulips for just 30 bucks. With a bright and beautiful mix of orange, yellow, and pink blooms. Ooh, nice. Like some sherbet action. That's good. These assorted tulips are perfect for upcoming celebrations like Easter. Tulips from 1-800-Flowers are picked at their peak from Premier Farms and shipped overnight to ensure freshness. 30 assorted tulips for only $30 is an amazing offer. But you have to hurry because it expires Friday. You only have a few days, guys. Just pick your delivery date and 1-800-Flowers will handle the rest. Be the reason her day is brighter with the first tulips of spring from 1-800-Flowers.com. To order 30 stunning assorted tulips for just 30 bucks, go to 1-800-Flowers.com, click the radio icon and enter code MARTY, the radio icon and enter code M-A-R-T-Y. Order today and save at 1-800-Flowers.com, code MARTY. As always, we appreciate so much our guest time. Patrick Dempsey doesn't have time. 
That guy's busy. And I did want to say this too. I appreciated our conversation about being present in the moment as fathers. That's not easy to do. And I find myself struggling with that often because I'm running around all over the country. Last week, I'm at the East Regional. This week, I have Clemson Spring Game, which was an awesome experience. And now I'm at Augusta National this entire week for the Masters. I am so blessed. Hold on a second. You're blessed, but you glossed over uh, the Clemson game and uh, a little mishap of yours that you I'll had. I'll pinker my arms right now, Travis. Uh, yeah, you were pink. They're beyond pink. What happened? Marty happened. So I was at the match play tournament last weekend ahead of the Masters here because I'm interviewing several golfers for this cool piece I'm doing called Practice with a Purpose for later this week here at the Masters tournament. I interviewed Jason Day and Dustin Johnson on the range down in Austin. It was so cool. Well, uh, <laughs> while I was there, I was given, when I walked into the gates at the Austin Country Club, this, it looks kind of like a, like a, a lip balm dispenser, but it says sunblock down the side. And so I'm like, okay, cool. And the lady that handed it to me said, you're a ginger. You need sunblock here. I said, I'll always take that. Thank you. So I put it in my backpack. And as I'm preparing for the Clemson spring game on Saturday, I thought, you know what? I need sunscreen. I had on a polo shirt. I needed to lather up my neck, my ears, my arms. So I pull out this SPF sunblock stick that this lady has given me. And I'm rubbing it all over my arms, all lather up my neck, front and back, ears, everything. And I'm like, man, this is a different kind of consistency, but okay. I'm on the drive home last night, and it occurs to me as I look down at my... So I wear Costa Del Mar shades. I wear uh, sunglasses all the time, and they're polarized. And when you're getting sunburned, you can see it in these shades. So as I'm driving up the highway from Clemson to Charlotte, I'm like, damn, my arms got blasted. How'd that happen? I put sun, I lathered up. And then I grabbed the stick of what I thought was sunblock from my backpacks laying beside me. And I look at it and there are two arrows. One points one way and it says sunblock. One points the other way and it says lip balm. You put lip balm on your I arms. I lathered up in lip balm. So thereby, I accentuated the sunburn. I welcomed the sun your arms to aren't scorch my ginger pale white skin. Your arms aren't chapped. It, they are not chapped. They are torched. They are toasted, man. And I get home and I show this to Lainey and she just shakes her head. Because it's the most Marty thing of all time. I And I was, you don't understand, I was pissed. I was so angry at myself because I didn't take the time to read it, and I'm paying the price now. Like, I've, I, I've had so many sun damage spots cut off of me. I, I'm serious about it. I don't play. Well, and you're usually, at these games, you're not in short sleeves usually. You're usually in covered in j- jacket or at least a long sleeve shirt. This time, polo, spring game in South Carolina. Bad lesson, Travis. Bad lesson. So, folks listening, lip balm does not go on your arms. It goes on your lips. Suntan lotion goes on your arms. Forgo the lip balm and go with the sun. Your block. weekly PSA. And I'm usually SPF infinity. I'm one of those guys that when I'm at the beach in the summer, I wear a sun shirt, humongous 
straw sun hat. I don't let the sun get to me, man. I'm cool with being Casper. I don't care. All right, before we get out of here, I want to remind you guys how awesome Tissot watches are. Tissot is the official watch of the NBA. Each one of Tissot's timepieces delivers quality performance and traditional luxury. The graduation season is upon us, so that means you want to get the NBA fan in your life a Tissot watch. The Tissot Chrono XL is a great watch for those looking for sporty chronographs with Swiss technology and an unbeatable price. Shop right now at us.tissoshop.com. Let me remind Travis, my birthday's next week. I wouldn't mind to have a Tissot Chrono XL. It's Monday, right? It's a week from today. A week from today. I'm working on it. You know some people, obviously. They're sponsoring the show. I'll call them. I'll say, listen, Marty needs a watch, and not just any watch, a really your best one. In all seriousness, we are so appreciative of Tissot's belief in the Marty Smith's America podcast. That also goes for 1-800-Flowers. Go there now. Buy your wife some tulips. It's tulip season. They're beautiful. And certainly, it goes for ZipRecruiter as well. Visit our sponsors. They make the Marty Smith's America podcast possible. So do you. Thank you guys so much for your investment in this. Without you consuming it, there'd be no reason to do it. And Travis and I love to do it. We're so appreciative, as always, for our U.S. military. Without them, we would not have the freedoms that we have. We live in the greatest nation in the world. We are free for a reason, and they are the reason. Thank you guys so much for your sacrifice for this country. You guys have an amazing week. Travis and I will be here at Augusta National all week. Shameless, shameless plug. Shameless club, uh, plug taping the four please now driving official masters podcast. Again, we don't know why we don't, we're not asking questions. No, we're just so proud to have that opportunity. So please go not only subscribe, rate and review the Marty Smith's America podcast, but also the four please now driving podcast because we're interviewing celebrities all week long. Thank you guys. Have an amazing week. Appreciate it. Be well.